Welcome to the LCAL a Low Carb Ancestral Living Podcast. I'm your host, Pim Johnson, and each week I'm bringing you new guests who will share their opinions and expertise on different topics related to health and well-being. Enjoy! Hi and welcome to LCAL Low Carb Ancestral Living with Pim Johnson. Today I have a wonderful person with me all the way from Israel and she has personally overcome food addiction and she's now helping parents and children from a very young age to be more mindful about what they do and what they eat. So she's here today to tell us all about why it's so important to address this from a young age and how you can do this with your children. So welcome to the show, Bracca. Thank you so much, Pim. Happy to be here. Awesome to have you here. So you have a past of binge eating and dieting, as so many of us do. And what I find interesting is that most people who are doing the binge eating thing, they they want to quit, but they're not really committed to quitting. So at some point along the way, they always give up. So I want to just quickly ask you if you had like an aha moment at some point or what was it that helped you to break this vicious cycle? Yes. Oh, I love sharing about it because it was going on for years. I think it started in my teens and into the early 20s. And I was dieting. And then um, when you couldn't keep that up forever, you know, then I would be binge eating one or the other. It was it was a really horrible way to live, and it, it started taking over my life. It really did. Um, I was I was at Harvard uh, as an undergraduate, and then I was going on to medical school. I was studying to be a psychiatrist, and what was really interesting too is that I was studying like eating disordered behavior. I did I did some breakthrough research on it while I was at Harvard. And I'm speaking to audiences about it, being an expert myself, getting sicker and sicker at the time, you know. So it was really, um, <laughs> it, it, it was a strange existence. Intellectually, I understood what I was doing wrong, and yet that didn't help. It, it yeah. couldn't help to get me better. Um, so um, things got much worse during my first year of medical school. Like, I would say the behaviors got more and more bizarre, always done in secret, mm. you know? and um, which is so typical of addictions. You know, you're doing everything secretively. Um, and the summer between my first and second year of medical school, I had a six-week break. I went to Israel. And I didn't come back for ten years. Wow. <laughs> it was um, it was a big change that happened. Yeah, I, that summer, I met this rabbi, and I went to some schools in Israel, and I started to learn about my heritage, which I knew a little about, but not that much, and not in a deep kind of way. So I. And I had been searching for years, always searching. What is the purpose to life? That's what I was searching. I wanted to give that to my patients as a psychiatrist, yet I myself didn't know. So I found such 
meaningful information and gradually the food addiction started to go away. I didn't even see the connection. I didn't understand why were the food addictions disappearing as my soul became more nourished. So um, eventually when I went back home, uh, back back to the States um, years later, I found my old diaries and journals and letters I had been writing during that time period. And um, I sat there. I remember sitting on the floor looking at these things and realizing, now I get it. Now I understand why. When I found the spiritual fulfillment I was looking for, I no longer needed the food addictions. I couldn't understand what one thing had to do with the other until I saw the thread going through my whole life by reading these old diaries. So I put it together. I made it into a memoir. It's the only book I ever wrote for adults because all my books, like you said, are for children, very short picture books. But this book tells the whole story of... I call it, it's kind of a psychological documentary because you see me developing the food addictions and then healing. It, it takes place over a 20-year span. Wow. And what I love to share with people, if you want me to share this now, what yeah. I basically received that changed everything was that the purpose of life is to experience the greatest pleasure possible. That's what... This rabbi who's no longer alive taught me, and this is based on ancient mystical wisdom. He spoke about the pleasure ladder, which has five rungs on it. And um, <laughs> the, the, the five rungs, I kind of call this the stairway to heaven. <laughs> That's kind of what it is, because it's, it's the stairway to the greatest pleasure here on earth. Uh, and it makes life on earth feel like a kind of heaven. So, um, this, again, this is not coming from the top of my head at all. This is not my theory. This is really ancient Kabbalistic stuff. So, the, the five rungs on the pleasure ladder, the lowest level are all the physical pleasures, which is why People get stuck in addictions so readily because when we experience the pleasure of a physical pleasure, we just want to stay there. We want lasting pleasure. We were created to enjoy pleasure. That's what we're here for. (coughs) Excuse me. (coughs) (coughs) We, um... All the physical pleasures <coughs> are the lowest. Take a minute if you need it. <laughs> level of pleasure, but they're still yes, sure. But they're still great. Like um, 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 an apple. It's it's or a, like you know a, a tangerine or an orange. They're individually packaged. This one, the skin on it, it keeps the juiciness in for months. It's got, it's got, they, but they have the seeds of infinity in them to last forever, just go on and on, regenerating when they hit the soil. And, um, 
They become their brightest colors when they're ready to be picked from the tree. They're, they're telling us, we're ripe, we're ripe, pick us now. So they're be- the most beautiful to look at. They smell beautiful. They taste wonderful. Um, they're even, you know, they're, they're fun to touch and the, and, and so everything, it's, it heightens all our senses. And when we eat these natural delights, it not only um, uplifts our body and nourishes our bodies, it also nourishes our soul. How? When we, when we feel gratitude. When we feel gratitude and we recognize mindfully these wonderful creations, then we are uplifted both physically and spiritually. And this is just the lowest level of pleasure. All these physical pleasures, natural pleasures designed for us, also, there's, there's music, there's nature, there's intimacy, there's, there's all these natural pleasures are designed to uplift us both physically and spiritually. And the, these five levels on the pleasure ladder, they correspond to the five levels of the human soul. So, um, it's a universal thing that they, these, the lowest level, the physical pleasures, are the lowest level of our souls that are attached to the um, spiritual level. So it's it's the body connecting to the soul. It's in Hebrew, it's called the nefesh. It's the lowest level of the soul, which has five levels, and then going up, the next highest level, the next highest pleasure is love, and and the definition of love here is appreciating the virtues of another. So each level on the pleasure ladder are pleasures that are totally empowering, not dependent on anybody else, even love. It's not dependent on anybody else doing anything for you. It's never sitting and waiting for love. It's it's you focusing on the virtues of another, which you could do at any time. So... um Again, when a person is feeling an addiction, they is involved in an addiction, they are feeling estrangement or anxiety or boredom or loneliness. They feel separate. Pleasure, pleasure brings connection, even on the lowest level to another physical natural object or on the second highest level to another being. It could also be to an animal. You are, you are appreciating something about another being. So, um, that fills you with a more lasting pleasure than even the first level of pleasure. You can bring these into your life at any moment. So that, and then the next level up, the third level, the third rung is meaning. Doing something meaningful in your life. When you do something meaningful, that's an even more lasting pleasure. It brings you even more connection into the world. And what's higher than that? Creativity. When you put a unique part of your own self into the world, you give it back. You build that connection with the greater world. And the highest level of all is transcendence. Or you could call it the level of awe, the state of awe. I, I just read research done so recently. I've got to read this. The researchers have found that the most positive feeling 
that reduces inflammation and disease-causing chemicals in the body is the state of awe. So that exactly validates this. It's the highest level when we transcend our limitations. We've all experienced this like under a starry, starry sky when you know you feel a part of the universe connected to something so much more awesome than we are, a higher power, a source of energy. So these five levels of pleasure we can bring into our lives at any moment that we are involved in our addiction. We we just have to recognize that the greatest way to overcome an addiction and the most pleasurable way is by bringing in more pleasure. Identify what brings you more pleasure than eating, for instance. And you could even put the list on your fridge, on your cupboard, so you can just jump into it right then. Help your mind. You know, when we are overeating, the amygdala, it's 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 activated. It, it's it's operating from a sense of fear, flight, you know, um, and, and some anxiety or tension. And so when we do that and we start thinking these thoughts with 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 loving compassion, we ask ourselves, is it my body that's hungry or my soul? And then the neurons, they go here, they start firing in the prefrontal cortex. Instead, they switch and they ask that question. And with loving awareness, we can answer the question. We know that if we're overeating, we've had a good meal, we've had a nutritious meal, and we're still going, it's something else. It's We're looking for lasting pleasure. That's why we keep eating, to keep the pleasure lasting. Instead, bring on another pleasure. Now you have the roadmap. You have the whole diagram of what actually brings us more lasting pleasure. So it's accessible to us. It's more accessible than ever. We could just do it. And um, it's, it's just a joyful way to overcome overeating. That sounds perfect. So if you are noticing that you're overeating, you just go to the fridge, check your list, and try to focus on some of the other things that gives you more pleasure. Yes, and you don't even, you know, once once you've got this, you don't even need a list. I personally don't have a list. The list is in <laughs> yes. here, you know what I mean? I, I, I know what brings me more pleasure, you know. Just, I say people, to, to, I tell people, to, when you ask that question, is it my body that's hungry or my soul? You open a window, you step outside, you feel the sunshine on your face, or you press a button, you hear music, you start dancing, you start stretching, you just, suddenly, the bag of potato chips is not calling your name that loudly anymore. It, the volume goes down immediately as you open the window. It's incredible. Or let's say you, you leave a message for somebody. You leave a message for someone, and you don't even have to speak to them, just telling them how much you appreciate them. Suddenly, you just don't feel like finishing the box of cookies anymore. You just felt that feeling of love overcome you. It's it's amazing. Um, I, I, I was on a show, and I was explaining this, and the podcast host said that um, the other day, he was just plowing through a box of pizza. He'd already had two slices and he just kept going. 
Someone knocks on his door. It's his neighbor. His neighbor needed help with something. He went to help him. He came back. He's like, I don't need this pizza. Puts it away for another time, you know, because he felt so good. He had just done something meaningful. He'd helped his neighbor. He was feeling wonderful. He had a more lasting pleasure. He didn't need to keep eating the pizza anymore. So the sooner we recognize after we've had a good nutritious meal and we're still eating it, we go, wait a minute. We'll, here's another question I, my brain sometimes asks. Will 47 more pieces of this, will that fill me up? And with loving awareness, you know it won't, you know? You know that you'll just still feel more empty than ever when you finish it, too. So, so basically, it's recognizing when we feel that inner emptiness, the more empty we feel inside, the more we search for externalities to fill it up. But really, it is an inner emptiness that we can fill from the inside out by, by, by nourishing our genuinely hungry souls. It's beautiful. That's so good. Um, so one thing that I, from my observation anyway, I suspect that it's uh, pretty accurate, but it feels like most people will be able to access the first couple of levels and they struggle with the meaning in their lives. So what can we do to kind of find more meaning that, you know, because I, I feel like that is missing in many people's lives. They just go about their days and do what they have to do, but it doesn't really have any meaning. Aha. Uh-huh. Really, any type of volunteering, doing, doing anything for another, taking yourself out of just the focus on yourself, that, that's the level of giving back with gratitude to the world for all the blessings that you have in your life this very moment. And even if you're not feeling happy about your life, Just by doing something like that, taking yourself out of your life, focusing on another person who who is is missing things and giving to them, that fills you up. It's incredible. it's, It's very hard not to be able to find a volunteer activity. Even if you're stuck at home, there are things you could do. You could be on a helpline. You could be seriously helping people that are suicidal but just by answering phone calls you could help in other ways um there's like emergency volunteer organizations you could be the discharge person helping that way you can um call people just check in with elderly people you know to see how they're doing there's really an infinite number of ways and it's one of my children's books too um, Elisa in Mitzvahland, I wrote about how she, it's a rainy day, the little girl doesn't know what to do, she's bored, and she discovers that really, we never ever have to be bored, that's something my children learn too, that you never have to be bored, there's always good things you could do in this world, that you could always find ways to help other people, so um, that's really what it's about, it's about adding connection to your life, and it's it's when we open our eyes to recognize that there's an infinite number of ways we can help out in the world, even if we're stuck at home, then we never have to um, 
feel that lack of connection with the outside world and 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 we could bring meaning into our lives instantaneously that's awesome so speaking of children's books most people in your situation would probably have gone on and wanted to teach other adults about this so how did you even get in to start writing children's books ah uh, yeah so I wanted to write the books that I wished I had as a child. Books that would simply convey that we're spiritual beings. Because this is what I didn't know. I didn't know I was a soul. I just, I, I, I knew I was a body. I could see that. But our souls are invisible. How do we know that we're a spiritual being? So I wanted to write, since I have a background in science, and interestingly, like even when I was an undergraduate, I was taking courses at the Harvard Medical School and the the Graduate School of Public Health. So a lot of my books are about public health, but I still call all my books um, books that help souls to shine. Because if our bodies are not healthy, our souls can't shine either. We we well they could they could struggle through but with with healthy bodies we can shine much more beautifully so i i i can even hold this up like my my newest book is let's stay healthy this is about how to help children eating eat health in a healthful way from the very beginning i have here another book i wrote is hashem's candy store it's based on it's based on this email that was going around years ago god's pharmacy so basically, it's about how amazing our fruits and vegetables are. I don't know if you know that, like, a lot of them even have um, directions written on outside of them, how to use them, like what they're best for, like carrots. Well, carrots, if you cut them, you see the slice, you see an eye inside. I didn't bring one with me right here, but you can see, if you slice a carrot, you'll see an eye. Carrots are amazing for our eyes. And um, tomatoes, right, you can slice them. You can see the, the chambers of the heart. And, um, that tomatoes are extremely good for our hearts. A piece of celery. Celery is incredible for our bones. There is, um, it, there, it, it, there's many, many fruits and vegetables like that. It's fascinating. But um, th- there's just so much to learn how they're individually packaged. They're like... Um, <laughs> we we peel off the yellow wrapper on the banana, you know, to uh, exp- they they come all wrapped up like that. It's it's just incredible. I mean, what what is juicier and sweeter than a watermelon? A watermelon is something that's not individually packaged. It's designed for a whole group to eat together on a su- summer afternoon. You know, it's like. We, we think that we want a, a brown candy, you know, uh, but, but meanwhile, there's these bright and beautiful sweet things like dates, apples, grapes, watermelon. What's sweeter than that, you know? So if you want to add more sweetness into your life, you can add the natural sweetness. Oh, and this is it. The, our natural foods were designed to be delicious and nutritious while the junk food is designed to be delicious and addictive. Yep. Totally different. It's the, the the junk food was actually designed to make us want to keep eating 
unnatural amounts of it. We, we don't have to blame ourselves for overeating junk food. It's designed that way. We're just doing the way the lab created it for us to respond. So um, you could put the blame, take it off of you, all the guilt off of you, and put it back on the greedy in industries that are trying to make money off of making us not healthy. <laughs> really, that's what it's about. So we don't have to feel guilty for overeating. We just have to add more pleasure into our lives, add more healthy stuff. Right, so let's stay healthy. It explains more also the harmful effects. What's wrong with eating, um, with, for instance, drinking soda? Oh my gosh. We would never water a plant with soda. We know that it will very quickly die. We are made much sturdier. So we don't die right away when we drink a soda. No, it, it takes time. But it corrodes our stomach, our throat. I mean, it, 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 we're really, it's really a poison that we are ingesting. And we shouldn't be giving this to children. Children get it as treats. It's really... We have to change our minds because the advertising executives worked really hard to get us to think this is goody, goodies, treats for mm-hmm. us when it's really harmful substances. Um, yeah, the additives, the, the food coloring, which looks so pretty and fun for children yep. on their cupcakes. But it's these are cancer-causing chemicals. We, 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 we really have to face what they're doing. And this actually explains it in a joyful way. How when we eat the, we, we, we eat the, um, food that doesn't have any nutrition to it, like candy, it comes in and it actually draws out the nutrients from our bones, from the, the bloodstream. What causes disease is the inflammation. When we get a sore, when we get a cut on our bodies, then the, um, the body has, gets inflamed. All the blood vessels are rushing to help out. It's the same type of thing that happens when we eat non-healthy chemicals like in candy because the body's like, what are you giving me? It becomes inflamed. It doesn't even know how to respond to these unnatural substances. So, so it erupts. And when we eat unhealthy, a lot of times it causes chronic inflammation and that's what causes disease. So keeping our bodies calm, healthy is, is from eating in a healthy way. Yeah. So let's say you're a parent too. Oh, I forgot. Your original question. (laughs) I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, go back, please. (laughs) I I just was going to say that, like, you you were asking me how did I come to write children's books, right? So all these books are to help souls to shine, even the books. And I've written books about personal safety, protecting children from abuse. Again, if children get abused... That keeps their souls from shining. So all of these public health books that I'm writing to have the same exact purpose to, to help souls to shine. Like also one of my books is the invisible book. Again, I'm teaching children that there's things like gravity. When we let go, there's an invisible force that pulls the book to the ground. 
There's time. It's invisible. There's the wind. There's feelings. There's our thoughts. All of these things are invisible. And yet we believe in them. We see the effects. We see their powerful effects in the world. So this is helping children to understand it's not far-fetched to understand that we too are invisible spiritual beings. Invisibly, we're spiritual. We can't see that part of us. But we see the powerful effects of our spirituality in life. And we see the powerful effects of source energy in our life. Just as we understand all the uh, electromagnetism, invisible, and yet we can experience it. So these are all ways I'm teaching about spirituality and how to nourish souls. Yeah. Brilliant. So what I was going to ask was, um, if let's say that you are a parent to a six-year-old who's questioning everything and wants to do everything their own way. How would you approach a child like this to try and change their diet from, say, soda and Pop-Tart to something a bit healthier? That's a great question. So great. One thing is, if they're six years old, you're mainly the one who's doing the shopping mm-hmm. Not the six-year-old, you know. So, so filling the house with more and more wonderful, amazing fruits and vegetables, and getting excited about them yourself—you <laughs> model this. Um, express your gratitude. You know, mindfully eat these things. Oh my gosh, look at this one! You, this is an awesome pomegranate. Experience this with your child. All the like 600 seeds within it. It's an amazing experience. There are so many exotic, wonderful, basic fruits and vegetables, nuts. Then, oh, there's another example, the walnut. It looks like a brain. It is so good for the brain. It's amazing. And, and you'll notice too, with things, this is also in my book, that you'll notice that things like uh, nuts and potatoes, they're not brightly colored. Because we're not supposed to bite right into a nut, or we're not supposed to bite right into a raw potato. We have to peel, we have to first take off the shell from the um, nuts, and we have to cook the potatoes, and... So don't don't be all excited about biting into it right off the tree, you know. We were put into a garden. That's really we're here to enjoy this garden, you know. But but certain things we have to eat more carefully. We have to take it there's a pause. So they're not brightly colored. It's not like a tease. First crack them open, use a nutcracker or cook certain things, put the fire under them and cook the potatoes. So um you see Show children the wonder of this. It's amazing because we take all these things for granted. You can, you can get into a state of awe together and it's, it's, it's just a wonderful experience. So the more you teach children gratitude in every way. One of the things I taught my children was whenever I would hand them anything, a pen, a piece of paper, I didn't let go of it when they were holding it. I'm still holding it. Why? And I taught them really to say thank you for everything. Any little thing, a glass of water, everything. 
they became really grateful people in life, very joyful people. And that's what it's about. There's a sense of entitlement that can very easily take over if a person isn't brought up with gratitude. So as we bring more gratitude into our lives, we model that for our children as well. That's awesome. That that was pretty much answering my next question was that children are usually not aware of all well most adults aren't aware of the five uh, five the five steps on the ladder either. So just by living by example, we can get children that are happy and fulfilled and don't tend to be drawn to different addictions. Yes, when and when we live more joyful lives, people want that. Yeah. People want what we have. So they, it, it, it flows into them. The joy spreads. <laughs> I wrote a book like that too. You know, um, it, the, the joy just keeps spreading. Uh, the smile that goes wild, you know, that's how it works. So it's very contagious in a wonderful way. So, so yeah, if, if you bring that joy into your life, that's what the children want. Children want to grow up in joyful homes. That's really the best thing that we can give them. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, I, I sh- this this book, I want to be famous. It's about a boy. So many children want to be famous. <laughs> he becomes famous overnight, the way anybody could. Someone takes a YouTube video of him doing something ridiculous. He's famous. He enjoys the fame until somebody can do it even better, and then he's miserable. Oh my gosh, until he finally discovers there's a spotlight inside of us. If we can get that shining, then we're not dependent on all the spotlights. We want to be in the spotlight from from out there. It's our inner light. If we get that shining, then every day will be joyful. And it'll be a day filled with gratitude too. Because we don't, it's not about our ego. It's not that we're so great. We're we're connected to source energy, so it's all a sense of gratitude. And um, I, okay, I'm going to show one more yep. book here. One more Go children's book. This is is let's appreciate everyone. Yeah, let's appreciate everyone is about how to appreciate children with disabilities. Children with disabilities are in general the loneliest children. They don't get invited to birthday parties and play dates as much as other children. This teaches children how to interact more inclusively because there's so many basic reasons. We don't even know the basic things to do. And children just need to know that. What do children generally do when they see a child with a physical disability? They stare. And so this explains, there's, there's, an, there's another five-letter word, and it also begins with S, and that five-letter word is smile. So in, in addition to staring, because sometimes you can't help staring, you're curious, you see a child that looks different, also add your smile. And... And um, your smile, it comes from your heart and it goes straight into another's heart. It warms their heart. This book also explains basic kinds of things like um, 
when you meet someone who's blind, go up and introduce yourself. Say who you are. If you're going away afterwards, say, I'm leaving now. Just be sure to introduce both ways. And if you meet someone who's deaf, you speak slowly so they could read your lips. And and you could write them a note. Or if you can't write yet, you can draw them a picture. Um, when you meet someone in a wheelchair, sit down at the same level with them so you're not standing up and they're down here. And, and, and when you meet children with invisible disabilities, let's say they're children that are not interacting, they're sitting on the side when everyone's playing, invite them to come and play. And they may not want to, they'll still feel good that you asked. So I'm just, I give lots of tips that are really basic that help children to, to know how to better interact so they feel more comfortable interacting with, um, with children that have disabilities. Um, so, <laughs> let's see. Oh, and I'll, sh- I'll hold up for you to the memoir. This is the memoir about how um, I developed the food addictions and how I was healed from them. And it's, again, I, I don't like to write big books. My books are very little. But this book, I just compiled it. I, I say it kind of wrote itself because I just put excerpts together from my diaries and journals and letters and I filled in the missing pieces and this is what came out so um, yeah (laughs) it's it's it's, it's also the story of how I became an Orthodox Jew which is really interesting in in this day and age to um, for for that to happen (laughs) yeah um Thank you for writing all those children's books. I think they are so needed. Even, you know, even just one of those could change so many lives, I think. Not just the child, the parents as well. Thank you so much. Thank you. Just amazing. Is there anything else that you want to share with any parents who are listening to this and feel like, oh, but how do I go about doing this? (laughs) I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. Well, one, well, one quote that I just found recently that seems to be really resonating with people. I- enjoy the little things in life because one day you'll look back and realize they were the big things. So this, I think parents can really appreciate that. They're dealing with so many little things every day. But... One day you'll look back and you'll realize they were the big things, the moments. The little moments together make them meaningful, make them loving, make them physically enriching, make them creative, and moments of awe, moments of wonder that you can experience together. Awesome. How many books have you written? (laughs) 
Yeah, this, so far there's 40 uh, children's books and, and the one book for adults, the memoir. Where can we yeah. find all these books? Well, um, my children have actually created a website recently. It's called the Getz Bookshop. Um, Getz is spelled G-O-E-T-Z, Getz Bookshop. And from there you can buy all my books, which are on Amazon. My books are also in bookstores. And just remember, anybody that doesn't want to buy a book, you can you can also get the books from the library, from public libraries. You, the, the public libraries are happy to order them, and that's the most important thing, to spread the messages out into the world. So you don't have to own the book yourself. If you do, you get to reread it and keep reviewing it with your children or yourself. But And that's the thing about picture books. They get through to the child and also to the adult who's, who's reading it with the child. So it, it can really reach everybody. Yeah. Perfect. Any last words before we wrap up? Um, I, I, I'll share another quote that I love. What, what's the difference between a real diamond and a fake one? The real diamond has flaws. We... We're going to always make mistakes. You know, that's what we're here for, to work on our mistakes, to work on our challenges in life. We're here to grow like everything else in the gardens. <laughs> so, 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 so try to enjoy that process with, with as much gratitude as you can every day. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on and talking about this. I think it's such an important topic that people need to know about. Thank you so much, Pim, for all you are doing. Thank you. You're welcome. And I'm Thanks for listening to the Elcal podcast. If you like the show and you want to support the show, you can do so by sharing it with anyone who you think may benefit from listening to it. Or if you're so inclined, you can make a donation over at PayPal or at Patreon, and you will find the links in the description. Have an awesome day.